Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Monday with Mikey He's Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. We back, baby, because we are almost in our second year of our talk show, but we're going to have good times. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Oh, the rap is back, Murph. Here it is. Once again, our draft review only two months in. We're finally back. Going to do it again. Have a good time with me and my Raider Nation friends. He's Murph. I'm Mikey. And you knew that already, but I had to say it again because it's fun. Because in case you don't know who we are, he's Murph and I'm Mike. It's Monday with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because we are the funnest, second funnest Raider talk show on the nation. Besides Murph and Cave, let's go, it's Monday (laughs) with Mikey and Murph. Murph, welcome back to On Air Nation out of your fan cave we are both got our schedules correct and we are able to do our draft review about two months later how you feeling what's going on dude i'm doing great mikey glad to be back man glad to talk to you glad to shout out raider nation here back on on air nation for mondays with mikey and murph glad to be back uh i can't see the chat but i always read it after the fact so what's up everybody in there and i'll uh i'll read i'll read your, your what's up back later but thanks for joining us that's right. The chat room is the funnest place to be after Murph's Raiders fan radio from his fan cave. That is the thank funnest you, place you, to be you. for me. Then we are the second funnest place to be on Mondays <laughs> with Mikey and Murph. Then the third funnest place to be is actually in the chat room with your crazy old Raider Nation kids out there writing all in the chat. How you doing? All up in the Murph, chat. 
What what you been doing? You went to the draft. Oh you my. had a good time. What's going on? I did. I did. I went to the draft. Raiders Fan Radio was there. Uh, you can follow uh, any of our stuff there. You can go to just Murph's Fan Cave. It's YouTube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave or Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, you just search Murph's Fan Cave also on any podcast network. And you can see or hear all of our draft coverage. We were, um, uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm originally from the Bay Area. I'm from San Jose, California. Born and raised and I uh, have since relocated to Middle Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, where the 2019 draft was held. And so Raiders Fan Radio was all up in the draft for all three days. We were downtown for the first night for 13 hours for the entirety of the first round, plus much, much more. I mean, we got down there around breakfast time uh, and uh, met up with some podcast friends. And uh, it was and many, many members of Raider Nation, Gorilla Rilla, you name it. It was a blast. Had a great time. Day two, went back down there, hung out with my kids. Day three, we went back down there and did our live stream. Uh, it was amazing, dude. It was absolutely amazing. The draft was glorious. And so that's been, yeah, that's been a big chunk of what I've been doing since our last show here uh, on, uh, on Honor Nation. We're actually going to get into watch a little bit of your draft fun in a few minutes. But I was just informed that today is not Monday. It's Fridays with Mikey and Murph. That's correct. So we might have to change our names to Freddie and Phil or something. Yeah. Unfortunately, like I said, my schedules and real life has uh, been a little bit of a hassle. And so we weren't able to, and we were like, you guys need a Mondays with Mikey and Murph, but it's Friday and we're, we're able to be online live today. So I was like, let's do it. So today we're Fridays with Mike and Murph on Monday or on wait, we're Mondays with Mike and Murph on Friday. I couldn't figure that out. Or Fridays with, with uh, Freddie and Phil. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's the algorithm of the M and M and the M. Yeah. And the F and F and F. The only time so, I like triple F is on a girl's body. Hey, hey, hey. hey, F you and F me, Mikey. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, let's get into it. Are you ready? Are I'm you ready? ready? Let's do it. Let's talk some Raiders, man. Murph, yeah. it's time for the debate headlines, bread lines. Oh. And Murph, I do not like paying rent. But you are a master debater. You got that right. Thank goodness for the invention of chatterbait and we'll talk about that later oh, i have no idea what that is and i don't want to know either chatterbait.com look it up oh my god all right we're gonna do this used to be called the headline segment but i kind of do headlines on my new show so we're yeah. gonna call this the debate segment the okay. great debate and we want to get you fans interested and we're gonna talk about kind of the headlines but we're gonna debate it you know point counterpoint murph versus Mikey and you guys whoever you agree with per any topic right down below or in the forums who you believe wins that argument there might be an occasion where we actually agree Murph we actually agree a lot of the times it's just uh you know on the show uh, neither one of us are shy to not agree with each other and that's okay that's what it would be no fun if we just sat around here and went you know what you're right yeah you're right that was a great idea yeah thanks you too like you know what i mean that doesn't make for great radio yeah i might disagree just to agree or agree just to disagree no, I'm going the other way. I'm going to disagree to agree. <laughs> but you know, it's funny though, but we don't do it for effect. I don't intentionally like go like, I'm going to disagree with you just so we can, we're not with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman up in here. That ain't going to happen. But, uh, but yeah, we have different points of view on things. We typically, we're like, we're kind of like, I don't get, I'm not going to get political, but we're kind of like politics, Mikey. We all have the same goal. We just have different paths of getting there at times. But on occasion, we should do point counterpoint. Like no matter, like a debate class yeah. in high school. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. Mikey, you right. ignorant slut. <laughs> Jane, you eat that in my life. <laughs> I love it. I there love you it. go. Uh, I wonder how many people in the chat get that joke. Yeah. No Coke, Pepsi. <laughs> cheeseburger, cheeseburger, ever, cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, cheese. You ever notice when you go to uh, any restaurant and you say, do you have seven up? They always say no. They got Sprite. They got Sprite. And every time you go, you got Pepsi. They're like, no Pepsi, Coke. Coke. I no, don't know. No, I think Pepsi, no fries. No fries, cheaps. No fries, cheaps. Giro, giro. I don't, we're we're going to get called out as being racist for some damn reason. It's a... Trying to, well, it's what was it called the the uh, Olympia Diner, something like that. It was it was the Olympia so. Diner. Yeah, it was John Belushi. Yeah, man. All right, you guys know my issues with John Gruden. Oh um, boy, Here I still go. have them. Um, but he's impressed me much this year, to my chagrin, based off of last season. So I'm feeling a lot better about John Gruden right now. But I still have to ask the question, you know, with the rumors about Derek Carr being the quarterback, Colton Miller being drafted in 2018. With Vontez Perfect, Incognito, Antonio Brown coming to the team, Tom Cable not being fired, trading Khalil Max, Mark Cooper not firing Reggie McKenzie in his first year, calling out players all of last season, you know, then drafting punters and kickers in the draft. I still got to ask you a question, and we're going to debate this. What is John Gruden's plan? Take it away, Murph, and then I'll counter. All right. Well, you know, plans are, uh, you know, built sometimes to be changed when you have a lot of working dynamics like you do with a football team with the personalities and contracts and uh, agents and drafts and all those things going on. You have to be flexible within your plan. So if you stay too rigid within your plan, then typically it's tough to find success. It's like the old adage where, you know, do you draft for a player to fit your system or do you fit a, take a system to fit it around your players? Well, I think John Gruden is the kind of guy that's going to roll along with things as they become available. That's not from lack of planning, but it's just from taking advantage of an opportunity like Antonio Brown. They didn't go into this season thinking they were going to chase down one of the greatest wide receivers of all time and make him the number one to replace Amari Cooper. That wasn't the goal. That wasn't in the plan, but it be made itself available, so they acted on it. So you have to be able to trust your judgment. You have to be able to trust the planning that you did to put to, that went in prior to that, but ultimately, is there a, a, a long-term plan? Yes. Is there? Will the short-term plan adjust as things change? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would think that John Gruden is a plan maker, but after watching everything that's happened, I have to agree with you, Murph. I, I think he's going with the punches. He's winging it. Uh, based off maybe in his earlier career, he was a plan maker, and he wanted everything his way, and he wanted to pick the players that went according to – but. With hiring people like Mayock and all that other stuff, it's proven that he's kind of going against his earlier self, and you know he's going to let roll with the punches and trust other people as as the years go on. But I do think in his first year with the Raiders, um, I think he had a plan in his head, and it all went to crap because he should have fired McKenzie that year. You know, why let him come on for a whole year? And then all the draft picks, let's just call it what it is. They were all John Gruden's, and they are all struggling, the 2018 draft picks. They're struggling a little bit. But now we got Mayock. But I just I just don't think he has an overall plan. 
See, and I, I wish he would have. Well, there I think we disagree. That I think the long-term plan is 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 yes. Again, the short term is no. One of my favorite quotes of all time is Mike Tyson, and he said, "Everyone has a plan until you get hit in the face. Then all of a sudden, your plans change." Right. So I think that they got hit in the face last year. So plans change, and 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 there's nothing wrong with it. You should be. You should be flexible. You should be fluid and, and able to move around that. And then that's where the judgment comes in, and that's where the that's where the work is. Right. That's where guys like like Mayock are fantastic because he puts in the work. There is no better evaluator of talent, maybe in the world, when it comes to the NFL athlete than Mike Mayock. And so that's the guy John Gruden brought in, uh, you know, so that he could act on short notice. So, and then, you know, then you get things like there, and we're going to talk more about it later, but then you get things like, uh, you know, no guard addressed in the draft, no guard uh, addressed in free agency. Then somebody like Richie Co- incognito comes available and they acted on it. So was Richie incognito part of the long-term plan? No, but was he available? Did it make sense? Yes. So they did it. Yeah. Uh, just, in my opinion, he made a lot of mistakes last year, and then he got called out for it, and no pun intended, because he called everybody else out. And I don't understand, you know, drafting kickers and punchers in the draft. Uh, I just, they're not working out, you know. <laughs> so it just, a lot of his decision-making last year just kind of proved that, like, I felt like he didn't have a plan. But I could see a plan forming this year, as you spoke about, for the long term. And I'm liking what I'm seeing. And... I think he's rebuilding the 1999-2000 team <laughs> in some aspect. Antonio Brown is the Jerry Rice. Uh, Tyrell Williams is the Tim Brown that can run every route. Josh Jacobs is the Charlie Garner. Vontez Perfect is the Bill Romanowski. It just kind of feels like he might be rebuilding that actual 2000 team. <laughs> what do you think about that, Murphy? Well, Romo came after John Gruden. Romo was the year after. He was 2002. Gruden was gone in 2001. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Romo was on the Super Bowl team. Oh, you know what? And John Gruden wasn't. I think you're right. My apologies. Oh, you're good, good, man. Uh, So it just, you know, yes. But that's John Gruden's mark. I mean, that's his M.O. And and so, I no, I don't think there's, I mean, Al Davis had an M.O., right? Everybody's got an M.O. in terms of team building. You know, Bill what Belichick. What the hell does Scott M.O. mean? I don't even know what that means. A method of operation, right? So there's a, I've never known that. Yeah, so there's a way that they go about doing it. There's a strategy to it. Ted Thompson, Ron Wolf. I mean, you name it. Everybody's got a strategy uh, in, in a way that they go about building a team. So And this one is becoming signature to what John Gruden does. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, that's just, it's, it is what it is, man. I don't want to care for that term, but you know, yeah. So is it, is, is it reflective of the team that he coached before with the Raiders? Sure. Because it's John Gruden. I'll never forget. Here you go. As as a quote one time, Uh, I don't know if you're a big Nirvana or Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters fan. um, But I remember one time in a, in an interview, Dave Grohl was talking about people that were critical of him for writing music that was similar to to Nirvana. And they were saying, Oh, you do is you big drums and your big guitars and the screaming vocals and no solos. And and he goes, did you guys forget I was in that band? Like, that was my band. Like there was three of us in that. I was a third of Nirvana. So you're going to be shocked that the Foo Fighters resemble an a certain uh, Nirvana song. Like it makes sense. It translates. It's the same guy. So John Gruden assembling a team that's mirroring what he did the first time he was in Oakland. Yeah, because he's John freaking Gruden. Correct. Um, and the ultimate plan is to make money for the Raiders, bring back accountability, uh, bring back a winning attitude, and let's be honest. Sell some damn tickets in Vegas in 2020. 
So John Gruden technically does have a plan. It's just not be the one that I truly want him to have or anything else. All right. So you guys answer the question below. Who won that debate? I don't even know. But Or does John Gruden have a plan? Let us know down below what you truly think it is. And we will get it. All right. Hard knocks. What's going on? I've been waiting for this forever. Nothing's happening. I'm freaking out, Murph. Um, no team apparently wants to be on it uh, that I know of. No teams are volunteering that I know about it. Everybody loves the show in terms of players and coaches, but technically it feels like nobody wants to be on it. But everybody will watch it, but nobody wants to be on it. So I'm not going to ask should the Raiders be on it, blah, blah, blah. We've already answered that. I'm going to ask you, should HBO's Hard Knocks be canceled? No. It's a cash cow, man. No, they're not, they're not going to cancel any NFL programming at all. No, that's an easy answer. No. Really? With all the teams that are apparently not even trying to be on the show, doesn't, they don't want to be on it? Doesn't matter. I mean, what are the ratings? That's, what, that's what's important. It doesn't matter what the teams want. What matters is how many people watch it when it's on. But if the NFL wants to respect the league and the league is not jumping in front of the cameras, uh, you know, you would think that the NFL would be like, you know what? For some reason, it's a distraction to them. I think and we got to respect that. I think you're asking the wrong question. Should Howard Knox be getting? No, and it's not going to be. Not anytime soon. Neither is all or nothing. Neither is anything. The, the, the NFL's goal is to get the most NFL football onto network or cable television in this case as they possibly can. So, no. Should they cancel it? No, because too many people watch it. I mean, I watch it, but apparently a lot of fans, again, of many teams don't want to be on it. And I'm just saying that is the voice. That's a voice of opinion. So, I don't know. What, what, what's the right question to ask about this? Do we want the Raiders to be on Hard Knocks? Well, yeah, of course I do. I'm a film person. I love NFL films. So I want them on it like, no, I want them on it every year. You know, let's Me do too. It. Absolutely. But there's a lot of fans that are like, no, it'll be too much of a distraction and all that, which I think is an overblown term anyways. But, uh, you know, these guys have cameras in their faces constantly. It doesn't, I mean, there is, there's very little occurrence of, of a quote distraction in, in terms of this, but anyway, but that's the question because that's the question that's, that's being debated. And, uh, you know, and yeah, I'm with you. I think they, they should be because I'm a freaking Raider nut. The more Raider programming that we can possibly get the better. Uh, what is your, your thought on this theory that it's actually a good distraction because maybe for the Raiders, if they are on it by chance, that, you know, the personalities from Antonio, Incognito, perfect, you know, we can kind of see it on display before the actual season begins. So the coaching staff can witness the locker room, you know, especially with cameras in front of their face, because there might be a little bit of turmoil and maybe they can get a lock on it as early as possible and then try to fix it or, you know, make the chemistry better before the actual season begins. Because when all eyes are on you, People either tend to be fake or they tend to be too real. And you can learn a lot about Antonio Brown, Incognito, Derek Carr as a leader, you know, whether they're fake or they're going to be 100% real on the cameras, you know, whether it's for show or not. So I don't know. It might be a good distraction in some aspect. I think that's an amazing point. I, there's nothing left for me to say because I totally agree. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness, we both won. Yeah, that's we a great point. It's a great point. I mean, hey, it, the more exposure, the better in terms of all these dynamics and these personalities. Yeah, there you you know go ahead and all look think about how much Raider Nation speculates. Think about how much these stupid banter shows like First Take and all of them or whatever the heck they are. Think about how much they stir up raider nation with these goofy ass opinions that they come up with well if you're on hard knocks there is no opinion to interpret there's nothing to interpret you see it it's right there on tv so i think it's a great point correct 100 percent correct and i'm telling you vantage perfect and antonio brown will ball out on hard knocks they will play great they will look great and they will sound great and they might even give quotes like you gave me earlier from Deion Chanders. What is that quote again, Murph? That quote is, is when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you play good. That's right. And you know what? I want to see my Raiders on hard knocks. Get her done. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've debated the incognito signing on many shows, but we're going to do it here. But we're going to look at it from a different aspect in terms of, let's call it politics, if you will. And if you guys don't like it, sign off. I don't care. I'm not going to deal with you morons anymore. You know, uh, but I just want to know your opinion. Um, does the Raiders signing Richie Incognito prove the NFL blackballed certain players uh, in the league? Uh, no. On, on a couple of different fronts. Number one, I don't think that anybody was blackballed, whether it's Kaepernick or anybody else. Do I think that collectively 32 teams chose that they didn't want him on their football team? Yes. Do I think they colluded and went into a room somewhere and went, okay, nobody hired Colin Kaepernick? No, I don't think that happened at all. But I think that when there's you're only, you only got 32 places that, that you can work at this profession and do that job, and 32 of them didn't want you. So, I mean, I think that that was entirely possible, but it wasn't because there was some formal agreement between teams to, to quote, keep him out. Uh, and then in terms of how it uh, relates to incognito, well, number one, it doesn't. Uh, and, the, and the reason why is that Richie Incognito, uh, last time he was on the field, was good. Last time Colin Kaepernick played football, he sucked. And no one ever wants to bring that part of it up. Uh, and, and look, and I, I even respect a lot of what Kaepernick did. And I've said that on this show plenty of times. Um, I think that there was a, you know, there was a message to be sent and I'm, uh, I respect what he was doing. The, the, the goals behind what it was that he was trying to do the messaging that he was trying to get out there. I, I understand it. I think it got lost and I think that he got misguided. And I think that unfortunately it, it fell apart and turned into completely something unintended. Um, but I respect a lot of what his initial initiative was. If that's a word, can you say that initial initiative, whatever, but you know what I'm saying? Where he was coming from. I, I got that. Um, but he was terrible. He was an awful football player. He was not any good. And you know, he had that brilliant game against the Packers and he ran for 180 yards and all that stuff. But then much like, uh, it happens with unique, uh, talents in the NFL at quarterback defenses, figure you out and you're not as effective anymore let's hope it happens to Patrick Mahomes this next year, right? Like it just happens. It doesn't matter if you're Tim Tebow. Or it doesn't matter if you're Colin Kaepernick. It doesn't matter who you like. A lot of these guys that have these like unique abilities, things that are different that it doesn't translate year two because teams figure out a way to play you. So teams figured out a way to play him and he was not good. He was not accurate. He was throwing interceptions all over the place. He was making bad decisions with the football. And that's why he doesn't have a job. So last time, I, last time incognito was on the field, he was a freaking pro bowler. 
So he, he spent a year out of football, and now he's back. We're going to see if he's got anything left in the tank. But these are two completely different situations that we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. If you could play in the NFL, they're going to they're gonna find a spot for you. Yes. Uh, but I still think that you know, uh, Cap or Colin Kaepernick is better than some third-string quarterbacks on many rosters. That's all. I'm just going to debate that. But the debate about you know, Colin Kaepernick being blackballed, People say that, you know, all he did was protest and then incognito had guns threatened to, you know, cut. I don't even want to mention what he, you know, did, had an attack with his grandmother, racist, homophobic slurs, whatever the case is. They're comparing those two instances. They're saying somebody tried to fight for equality and injustice. And then the other person is just plain psychotic and crazy. And then. In my opinion, it does prove that the NFL, whether it be the owners or Roger Goodell, they somehow blackballed, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick. I'm just saying whether Colin Kaepernick's true intentions are to play in this league or become a brand, you know, that that can be stated that he's becoming a brand now. Let's just get that right. But still, I think it did prove a little bit of collusion in terms of Colin Kaepernick. And it just it's kind of a sad look, you know, in terms of politics, that somebody that wants to promote so-called injustice and all that, and then another player can have guns and racial homophobic slurs and still be in the league. But to your point, and I'm going to give it to you, you won this debate. If you can play in the NFL, and last time he played, he was a two-time pro bowler, then you're going to have a shot in this league again. All right. What are your actual thoughts about Richie Incognito signing with the Raiders? How do you see him in the future? Does it bother you? Do you see there's rumors that he's only on the team to teach him to be tough? Um, and then he'll be cut before the season. What are your thoughts on the Incognito signing for the Raiders? I like it, man. We need to bring some nasty back to the to the line. And, and you know, KO was that guy. Uh, he was that scrappy guy. He was that guy that would play to the echo of the whistle. He was that guy that would, you know, come to Derek Carr's defense. Like he was the, you know what I mean? Like that was, that was the guy and he's gone now. So we needed somebody else to kind of fill that role. And you know, now look, if somebody comes over and, and gives Derek Carr a late shot, who do you think is going to be the first one in that defensive player's face protecting our freaking franchise quarterback? It's going to be this guy. So absolutely. I think that that, you know, every Wayne Gretzky has a Marty McSorley, right? So I absolutely think that this is a good move and that uh, whether he's there to be the mentor to young players like Brandon Parker and Colton Miller, or if he's there to actually occupy a roster spot and give them the best guard play they can, uh, they can squeeze out of them through the, through this season until they address it at another point, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a need there, man. We have a need. That need was not addressed at all. And I think they wanted a guy like, and I mentioned Chris Lindstrom uh, on this show, the Falcons ended up taking him really high, but I think they had a target on him. I think the Raiders wanted him to play guard. He balled out at the senior bowl. He's a next level kind of guard, man. He's a road grader. And I think the Raiders wanted him, but he wasn't around because he got drafted early. Like it was like, I forget where the Falcons picked, but it was like in the teens somewhere. Right. I mean, I agree. Like, I ain't going to lie. Like, uh, you know, I love big bad boys on the offensive line. I just have that, that, you know, w image in my head of football and, you know, the big offensive line. And I love the signing, whether I agree with everything he does off the field. And he feels like a Barrett Robbins 2.0, like 20 years later for John Gruden. <laughs> As we spoke about earlier, I think Gruden is rebuilding the damn 1999-2000 Raiders. Like, inch for inch, mental disability for mental disability. <laughs> like, he's doing it. <laughs> he's doing it all again. 
Uh, but I love the incognito shining. It will bring toughness. I don't think he'll be cut. Why would you bring on a player of that stature, take on all the feedback and the negativity just to cut him, you know, to teach other players a lesson? I, 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 don't, th I don't see that happening. But then here's the question. Mayock said during the draft that he was drafting character guys, humble people, you know, leaders of the team, and then now all of a sudden, incognito. Is this a Mayock free agency pickup, or this is a 100% Gruden said, or Tom Cable said, this is who they need? I think it was a collective effort. There's no one person that's like standing on a, you know, a, a whatever, demanding that this things happen i don't that's not how these guys work this is a collective unit they're working together everything that, that they've ever said tells you that there's no subtext to their comments like they are absolutely working together and so i think this was a joint decision and like mayock said you can't just have a team full of a bunch of boy scouts you got to have a little bit of grit and toughness and i look yes you got to have strong character guys and you look at everybody like you mentioned everybody that we drafted from you know abram the, the mullen and josh jacobs and of course cleveland farrell comes from a strong military family i mean like there's a lot of character in our draft well, you balance that a little bit, right? Only a Sith deals in absolutes. There's a light side and a dark side, man. And you got to have a little bit, you know what I mean? You got to have a little bit uh, of a gray Jedi in the middle, I guess. And that's what the, I love that. that's the character that you get when you, when you put these uh, folks together. So, you know, you can't have a, a complete, you know, gang of ruffians. You can't have Vontez perfect and Richie incognito and a bunch of crazy, uh, you know, guys, but then you can't all just have like Mayock said a bunch of boy scouts either, but guys like, you know, Derek Carr, who I, I love Derek Carr and I love his passion for Christ and I love the fact that he preaches and I love all that stuff. But if you got 11 choir boys on your offense, I don't know if that's a good dynamic either. Like you got to have a little bit of everything. So I think it's are they, great. Are they, are they even called the boy scouts anymore? I heard some rumblings that they're going to be like, you know, like, scouts or i don't something. know whatever we'll just call them choir boys then you can't have a team of 22 choir boys man it doesn't work either this world is insane right now uh but i love how mayock um said it was a collective decision whether it was or not you guys can debate that until the cows come home but i loved how the raiders got in front of it and he just said look we're gonna we're gonna take all the negativity we're just gonna do it i'm telling you guys we can't have you know scouts on the team we're gonna take it we made a collective decision i love how mayock is transparent that's a little bit different than Gruden yeah. was, at least last year. And I love it. I love watching it. And then last thing, does Incognito get suspended by the league? Yeah, who knows? Nobody knows, right? So we'll find out. And that's definitely going to play into the dynamic. I think with all the feedback from reporters and fans calling for Incognito's head and saying the Raiders are, you know, the worst decision makers and everything, I think the NFL, just to save face, to prove that it's not a black ball against Colin Kaepernick, I think they're going to suspend him somehow. I really do. I don't know. Gotta, hey, that's Mikey's point of view. You got to quit relating I, it to Kaepernick, man. They don't have anything to do with each other. No, I just meant you get it to save face because people are saying, why isn't Kaepernick in the league and incognito Who? is? Who's saying know? that? Oh, dude, it's all over the Twitterverse, dude. Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> against 2%. The Raiders, incognito. Yeah, 20% yeah. of the population is on Twitter and 2% of that 20% tweets so you think about that raider nation think about the when you when you hear opinions on twitter you're getting two percent of twenty percent that's it like it ain't nobody that sounds like the milk they want me to drink 
like two and 20 percent or something like that. <laughs> it sounds like the milk the doctors tell me to drink. Don't drink none of that whole milk. You got to drink the 2.20 percent. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, I asked this question because Mark Davis and the Raiders are moving to Vegas. We got the toughest schedule in the league. There's clearly an Oakland bias from my perspective. Um, Gruden came back to the Raiders. Uh, hard knocks is a possibility. Uh, does the NFL own Mark Davis because he got loans through the NFL in their bank? And I'm just asking the question, is the NFL right now currently dictating the Raiders' path for the future? No. Their influence has already been established based on their approvals for the relocation. And yes, if there was any additional financing, I don't think the NFL financed the Raiders. There's been no evidence of that. It's only been speculation on Twitter. And you, I just told you how I feel about Twitter speculation. <laughs> so there's only been speculation, but there's no, there's no evidence of that. But is, that, is it perfectly within reason to think if you're an NFL owner and you say, hey, other 31 NFL owners and commissioner and everybody else involved, I want to move my team to Nevada and I need you to tell me that it's okay. And they said, all right, we'll tell you it's okay for you to move to Nevada, but you got to be willing to play some international games. You got to be willing to be considered for, for hard not. You got to be open to some things that we need as well. Because if we're going to scratch your back, we're going to need you to scratch ours. Absolutely. Now, are they managing the team day to day was this scheduling was it the nfl's way of taking advantage of the raiders because of some favorite no i don't think any of those things correlate but do i think there was something to the idea of look we're gonna do this for you raiders and you have to be willing to make some concessions also yeah and it was worth it to mark davis because guess what he's got a 1.84 billion dollar stadium that he's getting ready to move into something that literally his father could not accomplish in his lifetime then mark davis has gotten it done so you can be critical of mark all you want you can be critical of the raiders and critical of the league everybody can be critical all you want all you two percent of twenty percent on twitter can all criticize the crap out of, out of out of the raiders but at the end of the day the truth is mark davis accomplished something that he and his father never did, and very, very few NFL owners accomplished. So there, he did all that, and yes, did he give up a couple of concessions on the way? Probably. So I don't think there's any – that should be any surprise to anybody. Al Davis couldn't get the stadium because Al Davis was not a <laughs> – Mark Davis is a – He lied in bed with the devil from my perspective. Uh and I think clearly the NFL is dictating the rate. Oh, you're going to have to get rid of that curse word. I'm sorry about yeah, that. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I clearly think the Raiders, um, the NFL is, is dictating the Raiders path. Um, Mark Davis wanted to be a businessman. He wanted to join the big boys club and they're taking full advantage of it. And clearly the NFL has a bias against the city of Oakland. And um, they're proving that by taking away games every year, whether it be at home or then we got to travel abroad, and they're basically just can I, trying to hurry hurry us out of Oakland. From my perspective, can I jump in on you? And I'm going to have to bleep myself. Yeah. If we end up with a successful team and win a championship or get good on a regular basis, who gives a shit? Like, I mean, what, of none of, none of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of this matters. Like, it's all about all I care about are wins. Like, are we going to be more competitive on the field? 
none of the rest of this stuff matters. If, if what dealings go on, but inside the buildings, it's and, the off season. Uh, we gotta talk about something. Come on, Murph. Stop, stop hating on my like my my backwards view of the NFL. Come on, let, let this is a talk show. Let's talk. Relax. Uh, hey, you see? Yeah, Mikey. You asked it's all me. about the win. Hey, Mikey. you said you wanted a debate. Well, there you go. There's my counterpoint. Who cares? That's not a debate. That's a cop-out, brother. That's a cop-out. But I, I think the NFL is dictating the Raiders' path. Okay. I really do. I think they're trying to create the future or help it along. And I don't know if I, if I truly have an issue with it because we're going to get stadium and hopefully be winning, and it's fun right now. But I, just, I don't like corporations bugging into teams and taking over and – Kind of like YouTube is right now with censorship. I just, I don't like it, but it's going to happen. All right. Apparently, who cares? Whatever. Murph won. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. There's the schedule. We just got to look at it and, and go, what the heck happened? Look at that. In gray. Seven games on the road. Ugh. Why would you do that? Why would you keep them away from Oakland in the prime time? Halloween, especially? Come on. Like, Why? Raiders and Halloween go together. What, what are they thinking? All right. Derek Carr. Is he the best quarterback in NFL Raider history? Or will he be by 2020? Stat-wise, everything else-wise. All right. So as far as stat-wise, yes. Whether anybody likes it or not doesn't matter because it, probably by the end of this year, he will be the leading passer in every significant category in terms of the Raiders. He's going to eclipse Stabler on just about everything. Now, he's Stabler is my favorite player. Stabler was my, and a lot of the 70s Raiders, were my superheroes growing up. So, you know, Snake, Fu, uh, Sistrunk, the man from Mars, you know, the Soul Patrol, Assassin, Dr. Death, you, you name it. You guys know them all. Those were my superheroes. So I have a, a love for those players and that era of the Raiders that goes way beyond just being a fan of this football team. So I don't think Carr's going to ever going to reach the iconic level that Stabler is. Stabler is, I don't want to call it godly because that's, that's overblowing it. But you know what I'm saying? Like he's... The, there's a mystique to Kenny Stabler. There's, you know, studying the playbook by the jukebox light, all that stuff. And, you know, and being the hard charging partier, but the guy that would go and win you a, you know, a miraculous comeback on Sunday. And like the, the mystique of Kenny Stabler, I don't think is ever going to be eclipsed by Derek Carr. And especially nowadays with the coverage that these players have, like there's no mystery to Derek Carr. There's no mystery to Anybody else that's that that you know wears a uniform? There was a mystery to Kenny Stabler. There was a mystery to those guys uh, that wore the silver and black back in the '70s. So um, I love Derek Carr a lot, and and again, I'm proud he's our quarterback. I'm proud of his of his off the field uh, antics and behavior, and and every the way he conducts himself and his faith and and all that. I love the way he plays. He's our guy, and I like him. But I don't think he'll ever reach that Kenny Stabler level for me. Now for my kids. Maybe because they don't know Kenny Stabler other than what dad's told them, right? Yeah. Um, so I put the little bit of the stats on screen heading into the 2019 car is already the franchise leader in all time attempts at 2,800 completion percentage was 62.8 and, um, 240 yards per game. And in total completions, he has 1,759 cars, only 340 yards away from breaking 
340 yards breaking Stabler's all-time passing yards record of 19,078, um, which is a total that should be reached by Derek Carr during the first two games of the season, maybe even week one on Monday Night Football versus Denver. I'm down for that. Um, Carr will have to put together a year in that category as he would need 29 total touchdowns to pass Stabler's mark of 150 in a career. Carr could do over 30 touchdowns, um, and he might pass Stabler in that mark as well. So uh, from my perspective, I think Carr will end up being the best quarterback stat-wise and record-wise in Raiders history, even surpassing whatever records Gannon had uh, that we just saw on screen. And But in terms of faith, family, fun, Derek Carr is just a unique outlier, and he's saying and doing all the right things. So, yeah, the lords of the bad boy quarterbacks of Snake, Plunkett, and everything, who definitely needs to be in the Hall of Fame, um, Derek Carr is slowly surpassing everybody. And I think down the road, Derek Carr will be just as much respected in voice as Kenny the Snake Stabler and Jim Plunkett and Daryl LaMonica. I think down the road, Derek Carr's legacy has been built, and it's definitely going to be built in 2020. And he will be the Vegas quarterback. We're not going to draft Tua. <laughs> what do you think about that, Murphy? Well, of course he's going to be our quarterback. He's going to be a quarterback until he retires. Derek Carr ain't going anywhere, man. Should should he get a tattoo like I spoke about? Should he get a tattoo to prove it? I don't know. He's got some <laughs> tattoos. But, uh, yeah, you know, look, as long as, as, as he's hitting numbers, he's not going to go anywhere. And, all you know... <laughs> This guy was a freaking MVP in 2016 before he got his leg broken. Like, let's not forget about that, how good he, he was, man. And you put some weapons around him, he's going to be just fine. So as long as he's playing well, he's not going anywhere. So Derek Carr is the least of our worries. He's going to be our quarterback for 10 more years. I'm on the car page. Last year I was hurting. This year I'm playing with Carr. All right. Uh, so quick answers. Uh, what area did the Raiders most improve in from your perspective this year? Area being defense, uh, secondary, most importantly. I'm going to say the Raiders improved in terms of fandom and faith again after the draft because last year in the rebuild stage, like, it was just horrific. I, I mean, some of you guys tried to stay positive, but you know you were freaking out just like I was. So this year in terms of fandom, faith, and let's call it excitement, I think they most improved in that aspect in terms of us. Uh what are the biggest team needs still to date? Interior of the offensive line. I mean, other than, you know, Gabe Jackson is pretty darn good. Rodney Hudson is a, probably the best player at his position on our whole football team. But incognito is not a long-term solution. And again, I think they had other plans in the draft to address guard, but they didn't get an opportunity to. So incognito is a Band-Aid at best. I mean, he's a one, like, do you get two years out of him? Even I don't even think that. I think he's like a one-year guy. So, yeah, I think offensive line is still still a big deal. I was actually surprised they didn't pull another tackle. Like, I mean, I know we ended up drafting Trent, or we got signed Trent Brown, and that was a big deal. But I fully expected there to be an offensive lineman drafted at some point in the draft. And, you know, clearly they weren't. They, they, they're comfortable with what they got. But uh, they're, they're still, there was no movement there at that position. So I think interior. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, again, I go on the outskirts, different directions. I think the biggest team need to date is an actual leader 
a face of the franchise. We had it from Derek Carr in 2016. Everybody, I, no matter who you were, whether they had opinions like Derek Carr, every single person looked at him as the man. And I hope that, that comes back by anybody. But man, that was an amazing feeling because we all felt it when Derek Carr got injured. Like even Raider Nation and the fans go, that is our dude, whether he's the leader on offense or he was the Raider and he got injured and we went, man. And I don't know if that's ever going to come back that feeling, but I hope they do. And I hope it's either Antonio Brown. I hope it's Derek Carr where everybody feeds off of him or Vontage Perfect. I don't care who, but man, one face, one face of the entire franchise that you just love, respect wholeheartedly for their work ethic, their on-the-field play, their off-the-field charity events, I think we still need it. So everybody on the team has an opportunity to go get it in this training camp. So I hope somebody does it. That's my team need. Uh, biggest questions going into the camps and preseason. Uh, I think pass rush, probably. Um, you know, are we going to develop enough of a pass rush with Cleveland Farrell? Does Arden Key take that next step? Do we get a uh, big interior push from uh, from guys like Mo Hurst and, and P.J. Hall? And so uh, I think that, you know, it's all, you know, your number one thing you want to do is you need to get a franchise quarterback for your team. And then the second goal for your team is you got to get after the other team's franchise quarterback. That's, that's one and two. So uh, we've got one, but do we get to number two? I don't know. It's all signs point towards it that we're going to be much improved, uh, but we'll see. You know, is Max Crosby uh, going to be ready to take a step this early in his career? Or does he need to bulk up the, much more? Uh, you know, who knows? We'll we'll see. But they addressed it. They addressed the pass rush. Now we'll just see if these young players are are able to execute. Um, I I I think our biggest jump is going to be Mohurst. I think he's going to be an all world player. Uh, I, that probably a little bit of fandom talking in me. I don't think he's going to be an Aaron Donald, but I think he's going to be a very impactful, heavy pressure type D tackle. I just see that that I think that, you know, because of the the heart issue that he had, which was not even a heart issue, was completely misplayed by the entirety of the league. I am shocked still to this day that he fell to the fifth round. I think the Raiders absolutely stole him. He is. You want to talk about a high character, high producing individual? This guy is going to freaking rocket this year. I think he, I think he takes a big jump. And then the last thing I'll say about it is that also having defensive line coach Brenton Buckner. He's the man. Brenton Buckner's awesome. And I think that he's going to mentor these young men and get them to, to maximize their talent. And we're going to see a big improvement, man. But, but it's a question, right? We don't know. We don't know. I can sit here and talk about how cool it would be, but it doesn't mean anything unless we see it, you know, in three months. Yeah. Uh, the biggest questions going into in this year's camp is in terms of the NFL, I'm going to say, I want to see what players hold out, what players are trying to get a new contract and all that other stuff. And I don't think the Raiders will have any, but there are a few players on the Raiders that could technically hold out if they want to try to be traded. I'm just going to say maybe Carl Joseph, because he didn't get his fifth-year option. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to have to play out his contract and go into free agency. But I just want to see, you know, what happens with players showing up onto the field. And, you know, we're going to find out about some true injuries once training camp actually starts. Because some of them might have happened during OTAs 
that we truly don't have the actual answer for. And I'm I'm hoping for the best. And then in terms of the preseason, I'm hoping Antonio Brown plays. I, I still think it's a stupid decision to not let him play at least one game, one quarter, or a series or two in the preseason. The reports were that he's not going to play, and it pisses me off. I don't know. You could speak on that if you want. No, I don't think it's important. I don't get caught up in preseason. That's that's a way to evaluate the bottom ends of your roster. I don't think it's important at all. You think preseason should be shortened like Roger Goodell's been talking about? I think so, and the reason that I think so is because the coaches tell you that. The coaches tell you, I only need two. I need two preseason games and a scrimmage. So I trust the guys that do it for a living much more so than I trust me who does a podcast once a week. So, I mean, I, 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 I yeah, I, I think so. I think, And I think we're going to see it. I don't know if we're going to see an extension to the regular season or not because the players union is going to have something to say uh, should they try to push that. But we might see an expansion of the playoffs. You know, because the NFL's goal is to get it into further into into February. You know, they want to get deeper yeah, for into, the holiday for the holiday weekend. They want to get deeper into February, so they're gonna eventually. That's going to happen. So how they're gonna get there? If you reduce the the preseason games down, players' association buys off on that because you're you're gonna give them then uh, you know two additional wild card teams or whatever it is that you do to expand the playoffs. Okay, I can see all that happening. It's not gonna happen next year, but within three five years, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're going to try a game now. It's called Rapid Fire. We're going to attempt to ask 10 questions to Murph and me, where we both give the answers within one minute. We're actually going to have a timer on screen. So we're going to hopefully get 10 answers to 10 questions from Murph and Mike, who like to both talk a lot <laughs> we're gonna try to get 10 answers to 10 questions from both of us in under one minute are you down for this game rapid fire Murph? okay all right let's get the rapid fire who's going for hold on who's going first it'll all i'll i'll ask the question and then it'll go to you and then back to me then i'll ask the question it'll go back to you okay and so forth got it all right let's get the rapid fire raider music on in the background all right, turn it a little bit louder. All right, let's get the clock going. And let me start the clock. There we go. The clock is going. And the first question is, your all-time worst Raider conspiracy game. Immaculate deception. Mine is the tuck rule. Oh, I'm sorry, the Super Bowl sabotage. Uh, crazier fan base, the Black Hole or Bill's Mafia? Black Hole. Uh, I'm going to say Bill's Mafia. I think Raider Nation is awesome. I don't call him crazy. Uh, Josh Jacobs, will he have over 1,000 rushing yards rushing? Yes. Yes, he will. Uh, will Derek Carr return to MVP form this year? Yes. I 100% agree. Uh, what's your favorite game time food? Uh, pizza. Mine is chicken wings. Uh, will Marshawn come back to the NFL? No. Explain the Antonio Brown and Derek Hart chicken plan. Uh, work and eat. Uh, give me the, oh, we got the, how many wins are better are we? How many are we better than six and ten? We got, I don't know if I understand the question. It was the last yeah, one, right? Exactly. We, we lost. We lost. Wait, we lost. how many wins better are we four to, oh, so how many better than we are than four to, okay, uh, four. <laughs> How many wins better are we than four and 12 in 2018? Four, eight and eight. Uh, so you say eight and eight. I believe uh, I'm going to go with four, maybe five as well. But we lost, or I lost the first game. I tried to get it in under a minute. We weren't able to. 
I think I look it. I'm not, I'm not trying to compete with you here, Mikey. You know, I love you, <laughs> but I think for oddly enough, I think my answers were shorter than yours, which is usually not the case. It's true. It's true. Plus I had to ask the question. So I had more talking. Oh, and thinking. there you go. Well, maybe yeah, next so time that- you send me five questions and then I'll answer and then shoot it over to you. Sounds good to me, brother. Um, that was fun though. I liked it. Yeah. That wasn't actually the final question. So we'll get to it. Oh no. What was it? Okay, the uh, in fantasy football, we got through, I think, eight or six questions or seven questions. In fantasy football, what Raiders should be drafted in round one? Josh Jacobs. I wholeheartedly disagree. It should be Antonio Brown if you are going to draft the Raider in round one. Um, we all know that all you do is draft Raiders. Yes. <laughs> you know there's none available. So, and then the last question was, and oh. this would make some super fan mans. Who was your favorite Raider Superman? You know what? I, we met Gorilla Rilla at the draft, and I told him that uh, it was him and Wayne, who you have on screen right there, him and, and Wayne the Violator. They're one and one A. Like, I don't, I couldn't literally, it's like picking between my kids. I literally could not pick between the two of them who is my favorite super fan. But I will tell you this after. And this is not taking a shot at anybody else, but after Wayne and 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 Gorilla Rilla, after Mark, after those two guys, everyone else is playing for third place. Like it's not even close. Like it's those two, and then everyone else. And there's great ones. You had Kakui on there, and you know what I mean. And we know plenty of them, and they, I have a lot of respect for them. Good thing we don't got a timer. I know. See, but I know now. I know that I'm not timed. I go quick. <laughs> I don't have to go quick. But yeah, but it's everyone else is playing for the, what third or whatever. But they're playing for after these two guys. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, Violator was the one I saw on TV like in the '80s and '90s, and I remember him show. And when I finally met him, it was like it was like Jesus to me. It's like, oh my God, you're the Violator. You're the dude I saw in LA all the time. Uh, and then um, Gorilla Rilla, you know, befriended me. Uh, made a video for his wedding, a little funny video on my show, and. They're both great, but it's not a competition. But I mean, Violator was the one image that I had of a super fan. Yeah. And I met him, and he's a great guy as well. That's cool. They all are. All right. Let's get into our draft review a month and a half late. Let's see if the screen wants to ever do its little wavy line graphic. There we go. Yeah. I feel like Wayne's world. He does this every weekend. See, it went off. I don't know what happened. Ooh, now we're all wavy. Yeah, let's hope it stopped. My computer has been having issues recently. Okay, so this is the draft review from a month and a half ago, and let's get to some draft questions. Um, give me your instant reactions for round one. Uh, was Pharrell a reach and your Josh Jacobs reaction? Uh, I wouldn't call Pharrell a reach, do I think the Raiders drafted him higher than they would have liked to have had? Yes. But in order to trade down, you have to have somebody to be willing to trade with you. And there was nobody available for the Raiders to trade down with. So they took the guy that they had, uh, uh, that they had marked that they wanted. So was it jarring to all of us in the moment? Absolutely. It was jarring to me. I didn't expect him to take Cleveland Farrell. When Josh Allen was sitting on the board, everybody thought that that was the direction it was going to go. That's not the direction that it went. But since then, now having an opportunity to really dig in to who Cleveland Farrell is, what he brings to the table, 
I'm 100% on board with the pick. I think that it's great. And then um, Josh Jacobs' reaction? Love Josh Jacobs. That was phenomenal. Uh, you know, Alabama running backs typically do pretty well. The ones that aren't named Trent Richardson anyways, uh, when they get to the league and, you know, with, with the dual threat that he is running and catching plus his pass protection, high character. Like, I mean, what else do you want a man and a player? And the Raiders clearly had a need there. So I think that was awesome. And then, uh, for the last one in the first round, pulling Jonathan Abram out of, uh, out of Mississippi state, man, again, same thing, high level, high character, big guy. So we don't have the lollipop kids back there in the in the defensive secondary and we got a big guy that's going to bring it. He's going to hit hard. I mean, I'm, I love it, man. I, uh, I'm, I fully embrace everything the Raiders did in this draft. I think pretty much top to bottom, even bell at the end, because that was Mayock showing out trying to stump the truck, which is freaking hilarious. So, I mean, I, this was a perfect draft to me drafted in big corners. Like, I mean, like this was a very Raider draft, man, but I think a very well-played Raider draft like it wasn't just you know like let's let's not you know let's not sugarcoat it there at the end with Al man he was just you know taking wild shots at players man he was just grabbing guys like Darius Hayward Bay and you know hoping for the best and a lot of times it didn't work out you know what I mean so so it feels like this time we're drafting very Raidery type players but it's very calculated it's not just like hey that guy's fast that guy's big that guy's strong let's get him it felt good yeah and then to speak on Al Davis, I mean, whether, you know, he was back crazy in his older age or not, I mean, whether Terrell Pryor was the greatest or not, uh, Al Davis had his pulse on the college-type quarterbacks that are now in the league five years ago, six years ago. So you got to give Al Davis a little bit of credit, you know, where that's – because that was – Terrell Pryor was Al Davis's last pickup. And then he also went with, with players like Jamarcus Russell trying to continue the – the long arm of, of the league show, I respect it. I thought Cleveland Farrell was a reach, but again, if they got their guy, it's not a reach. We didn't expect it. It was a shock to me. But now that being said, they want him not only to be a third down um, rushing player, maybe like Josh Jalen, they want him to be an every down player and move across the line if need be. And Farrell pitched that thing. And then Josh Jacobs, I, I wanted a running back in the first round. I knew we were going to get him, and that was my instant reaction to him. So the the actual news reports were pretty good for the Raiders draft, but there was the ones that said they turned a lot into a little on draft day, you know, making fun of us and our decisions. You know how that goes. Um, so then just quickly review, you know, any of these other players and – what what you think about him, Murphy? I love the big corner and, and Trayvon Mullen. I thought that was a that was a great day. We were right down there in front of the draft stage on day two. I was down there with my kids. It was phenomenal watching the Raiders trade back a couple times. Then Charles Woodson comes out, uh, follows the, uh, the the precedent of wishing everybody Happy Mother's Day, like like Willie Brown did for so many years. Like that was that was a great day. Um, so uh, picking picking Mullen in round two was was fantastic. Max Crosby, man, that's a, a nice look back to maybe what Ted Hendricks once was. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Foster Moreau met him at the Senior Bowl, so feel really good about that one. That was that was pretty neat. Uh, and then Hunter Renfro, dude, like pulling him in the fifth round. Like there's, I said this on Raiders Fan Radio, like. I don't, I'm not an analyst, man. I don't break down film. I don't, you know what I mean? I played football and coached youth football and all that, but I'm not like some, I'm not Ted Wynn over here, right? Like, I don't know the complete ins and outs of footwork and all that kind of stuff, but I do know this. 
I love football and I watch a lot of football and I watch a lot of college football along with pro football. And every time I watch Clemson win championships, Hunter Renfro <laughs> was catching freaking touchdown passes. So like he was the guy on their offense balling out. So the fact that they got this guy and I don't know if his skills translate to the NFL or not, but all I know is he was really good playing on a really good college football team, winning freaking championships. So yeah, we'll take him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what? That's great. In the fifth round. Like that's with that's a, a name with a guy named Hunter sounds pretty good to me. He's going to hunt the ball. I like that. And then the the rumors are again, I don't know if it's real or not, but he was high, high on the Patriots board in that fifth round. And that was the round where if you guys remember the Raiders traded up into that fifth round in front of the Patriots where the Patriots like to pick those type of players. Yep. And they actually picked in front of the Patriots and the rumor is they picked Hunter Renfro and we stole him from the Patriots. So that's a little bit of strategy that, that might many people might not know or heard about. So I love the draft. It looks good. Give me your instant grade, if you will, real quickly for this draft. I don't know. These are so you can't, man. I'll tell you in three <laughs> years, you know, so A plus. Yeah, you I, know I give it I mean? an A to an A plus. I loved it and it felt good. It feels right right now. Uh, let's look at our mock draft results. Oh, yeah. Our, our final mock draft. How do we results. do? This, uh, I believe this one is, did I write it? Okay, this one is mine. Um, I had Josh Allen going at four, and that didn't happen. I had Greedy Williams at 24. Then I had Jacobs at 27, uh, and I got nothing else right. I even had us getting a quarterback to mess up the NFL experts at the end of the draft, but Jared Stidham wasn't available. But I got one right, but at the wrong position. So let's look at how Murph did. There's your final results. You had Cleveland Farrell going to the Raiders. Right. You didn't have Josh Jacobs, but you had Cleveland Farrell going at 24. And um, Yeah, because I had Holyfield there at the end. I knew they were going to take a running back, but I didn't think Jacobs was going to be around. Uh, wow. So, But, but you know, it's funny because I, uh, clearly I didn't hit on any of these except for Farrell. But Clemson. Well, it hit the Clemson in the in the position like so Adderley, right? At 27, I picked the big safety, but it, we got Abram instead, right? So I hit hit that one there. Rockyson, big corner. Uh I missed that him, but that's where we got Mullen at, right? So and then there's the interior lineman I was looking for, which I can't believe still that we didn't uh we didn't get that. But then there's Keyshawn Johnson instead of Hunter Renfro. So like it kind of felt position-wise and player type-wise. I wasn't that far off, so I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I wasn't as far off as I expected this was going to be. I thought this was going to be a disaster, but it wasn't that bad. Hey, let me and look back at mine. We got an edge. We got a cornerback in the draft. We got a running back. We got a tight end. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. We got an edge. We got a safety. Uh, yeah. We didn't get a quarter. All right, you won. It's all good. Uh, pretty close. You did good too, man. Pretty, 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 pretty close. All right, so your favorite pick in the draft. Wow, favorite. Uh, I, I'm. Oh, I'd have to pick between Abram and Josh Jacobs. Uh, one on each side of the ball, man. I, gosh, if, if you force me to pick between the two of them, I'd probably have to go Abram, just because I'm I'm a huge fan of the safety position, and I think that the Raiders have such a cool legacy at that position uh, with Atkinson and Tatum and Charles Woodson when he came the second time and. You know, not so much Michael Huff and Tyvon Branch, although they, they you know, flashed. But, um, you know, there's just been a, this, you know, Eddie Anderson. Like, you know what I mean? You think about all the great Raider safeties that we've had 
Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jonathan Abram. I think that he's gonna bring some some you know some toughness, some hard hitting, some just yeah. So I'm 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 excited about that one. Yeah, I like the Josh Jacobs pick. Uh, we you know I just I just like having a star offensive stat player on the team, especially early in, in the draft that could possibly be an MVP, have over a thousand yards, be the rookie of the year. I really like that. That's my favorite pick. And then I'll give my most concerning pick, and then you give me yours. My most concerning pick, it's going to have to be um, uh, uh, the tight end, uh, Foster Moreau. I just don't know if he has the ability and the wherewithal to be a blocking tight end and a true studded receiver because I want a Gronk type and I want a Jared Cook type but Jared Cook was better at passing. I just don't know if he has all the skill traits necessary to be starting tight end. He might be a starting tight end at one position, whether it be blocking or catching. I just don't know if he has both. That's my most concerning pick in terms of a tight end. Yours, Murph? Uh, Yeah, so, you know, this is a weird way to answer the question, but I think my most concerning is also a pick. I still like it. But it does concern me in terms of Crosby. And the only reason I say it's concerning is that now look, he's been a fan favorite here early on from this, you know, his rap battles in the locker room to, you know what I mean? His comment like he's a he's a funny guy. Like, you know, people are saying that the, you know, Mark Davis said that he reminds him of Ted Hendricks, the mad stork, and like so I like what he represents, but all things said, you know, and he's got some scrap to him and everything, but he's kind of I don't want to say he's undersized, but he's, he's got a lot of development to go in terms of strength. And so he's a, he's a, uh, he's a project, right? Like he's not going to now, I don't know how much you would expect a fourth round pick to have an impact early on anyways. And clearly there's again, a calculated risk there or a calculation to drafting him. But I don't think that we're going to see him have any kind of immediate impact to the team. Like the four guys that are in front of him. You know what I mean? Because we're going to see even Mullen have have an impact. You know what I mean? He's a big corner, man, and you got to have big corners nowadays to cover your tight ends. And, you know, guess who's going to be on Travis Kelsey? You know what I'm saying? So, boy, or I, so I, I see the immediate impact more so. And, again, he's a fourth rounder, so I don't want to be overly critical of it. But, you know, I think that it, as far as concerning goes, yeah, because I think the guy's got a long way to go. All right. Um, how many starters or any st- actual starters day one from this list? Four and a half. Uh, I think that uh, I think. Well, if you if you consider three corners a starter, then I think Mullen gets in there because again, like I mentioned, he's going to come in, come in to cover cover tight ends. Um, but certainly the three guys. I mean, that's that's a slam dunk. So Farrell, Jacobs, and Abram are definitely going to be going to be there. But uh, but the half one I threw in there is Renfro, because now look the wide receiver room is crowded. And so when you look at uh, you know obviously it's going to be AB and and um, and, and Tyrell Williams there uh, one and two. But does Renfro compete with JJ Nelson there for the slot already? Probably I would think so. Like Nelson's going to be like to me he's going to be their surgical tool, right? He's going to be like very specific, go in there, run a nine route, blow the top off the defense. Like that's going to be his goal, 
Renfro is going to be the guy that gets in there and starts, you know, running those inside routes, you know what I mean, converts a, you know, a third and six for seven yards and lays down in the middle of the field after he catches the ball. Like, that's going to be his kind of his role. And so I think that he's going to be in there quick. And I don't know if, again, the immediate starting 11 if he's there, but he's going to get action early. So what do you think? Pretty much same as you. I think four for sure. I'm going to say Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, Abram, and I'm sticking with Renfro. I think he'll beat everybody out. He's got the bigger name, um, but it is anybody's competition. Let's just get that right. All right, players that were not drafted that you really, really wanted. Uh, Chris Lindstrom out of Boston College. I've talked a lot about him, and, um, you know, he was by far the best guard at the Senior Bowl, and the Atlanta Falcons thought so too, and so they drafted him high, and he was a perfect fit for what we needed. And so I was really rooting for him to, to, to be a Raider. And, um, you know, there was a couple other players, too, that were down at the Senior Bowl that we got to look at firsthand uh, that I was rooting for. But by far, he was the, the, the most because he, we had such a need there. You know what I mean? So that was a perfect fit for need and player. But sadly, it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I, I fell in love with Irv Smith for some reason at the tight end position. I really liked Jared Cook. And I wanted a player of that caliber. And for some reason, I saw the, the name Irv Smith Jr. on the back of Raider jerseys, like a legacy. I don't know why. I just saw it. Maybe because it's based on his father or somebody like that. But I just saw it. And I, I really wanted him to be a part of the team. Um, and you already gave your graph grade. So we already gave that. All right. Now let's regrade the 2018 draft. Oh, real quickly, what do you what did you think of Jack Del Rio going on NFL Network and giving a thumbs down to the Raiders and selecting Cleveland Fair? There you go. I, oh, did you lose me, Mikey? I did for a second. I said, what did you think of Jack Del Rio giving a thumbs down on NFL Network to the Raiders and drafting Cleveland Farrell? I think Jack Del Rio's a tool. I think he's another sour grapes individual that leaves the Raiders and uses his platform to take shots back at him. I don't like this man. Yeah, well, you know, he is mad. You know, they fired him and all that other stuff. But, yeah, I agree. It's just he's been taking shots ever since. And he's still on the, the payment roster this year. Some of his staff members as well. Very scary. Uh, regrade, regrade the 2018 draft class now that you've had a year in. And what players are on the bubble from your perspective from Gruden's draft? Uh, well, Nelson, Johnny Townsend, Azeem Victor, Marcel Aitman, because that wide receiver room is so crowded. Uh, I think Miller Hall and Parker and Key and Hurst are, are, are definitely safe. I think Hurst, as I mentioned earlier, he's going to, uh, he's going to really take a big jump this year. They say that tackles make their big jump in year two. Uh, you know, again, if you listen to all the pros, we'll tell you. So we're going to expect good things out of Colton Miller. What happens to Brandon Parker? Does he pull a Robert Gallery and go from being a questionable tackle to being a pretty good guard? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, PJ Hall, I think, is interesting. Um, I think he's still got room. Uh, for improvement, but this is going to be a make it or break it year for him. I hate to say that about a guy only in year two, but you know, with 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 Jelly Ellis and uh, you know who else, Eddie Vanderdoes, who is still questionable. Like we need the kid that was a second round pick to 
show out, and it's going to be him and Hurst, right? It will be our, you would think, would be our two starting interior defensive tackles. So, um, you know, so I would expect things from him. So to regrade it, I don't know, because you they freaking stole Hurst, man. So that's a freaking A++++. So, you know, so that really kind of cancels out some of the others. And what do you really expect from a fifth-round punter, you know, a, a sixth-round linebacker and a seventh-round wide receiver? You never expect those players to be all that great anyways. Nick Nelson is kind of, meh. And then Arden Key, could he be, you know, he's still kind of unproven. He's got all the physical traits. So, I don't know, a B, I would say, at this point. But, again, give me two more years, and then before I can really give you a fair answer. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I think I gave it a C-plus in the beginning, I'm moving it down to a C minus uh, because Colton Miller, look, he was a starter, but he wasn't a good one. Um, he was basically ranked in the backup depth. Only so after he got at, go on. Only after he got hurt, though, man. Uh, you can't ever judge a player when he's gotten hurt. You can't do it. They did. Well, look I at mean, what they I'm did. Going to, by the sh- Sorry, I cut you off. That's My okay. Apologies. That's what they. You think about as simple as a player like Kurt Warner, who was a backup in freaking New York, and they and everybody said he was out of going to be out of the league, and then he goes to Arizona and takes the freaking Cardinals of all teams to a Super Bowl. Like you can't judge players when they're hurt. And Colton Miller got hurt, man, and that's when his stats suffered, and that's when he suffered. And I, I, I get look, did it hurt the team overall that he was playing through the injury? Yeah. Did they have any other options? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of the forced scenario, but I don't think we can begrudge him for his play last year. I think he did pretty good, all things considered. I'm just saying the stats, I'm not a statistician, but he was drafted at the 15th pick, and he was the 86th or 88th ranked left or tackle in the, the entire league. So that's backup if there's only 32 teams. Uh, you know, so you guys can figure that one out. P.J. Hall. He played good. Did he live up to a second-round pick? No. Uh, that's my perspective. Brandon Parker, did he live up to the third round? Yeah, he did. He started a few games, so he's good. Our Arden Key, potential was there. Didn't happen. He struggled. He had nobody else. Let's just get that right to help him. Nick Nelson played pretty darn good for a fourth-round pick. Maurice Hurst, the stud of the group with four shacks. Johnny Townsend, um, I don't know what's going on with that pick. That thing is not looking good stat-wise. And Azeem Victor is no longer on the team. He is, I believe, with the Patriots. Uh, I'm not sure about there that, but he's no longer with the team. And then Marcel Aitman had some good games. So, overall, I bumped it down to a C-minus because of the Colton Miller, you know, reach, if you will, at that position. And then players that are on the bubble that I could see maybe by 2020 not even being on this team I'm going to go with players like Brandon Parker, uh, Johnny Townsend, and Marcel Aitman. Um, Brandon Parker might make it long-term as depth, but I don't think Johnny Townsend is going to make the team. And then I think Marcel Aitman's going to be in the dust somewhere along the way soon. I don't, so think, that's I, it. I don't think Townsend's going to make it through camp. Like, unless <laughs> something major happens, unless there's some big change. First two things, Raider Nation – Number one, he's probably not going to make it through camp. And number two, no, Marquette King is not coming back, thankfully. He should, though. I mean, if the Raiders are – that's a good point, man. I think from my perspective, if you're allowing people like Incognito, Antonio Brown, and and all that, why not bring back Marquette King, one because, of the best punters for the Raiders? Because why those not? guys didn't insult the head coach. That's true, but he apologized. And oh, gives you know, a crap if he apologized. He had so, he bit the hand that fed him. He's an idiot. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. I could see it happening, but it probably won't. Uh, <laughs> any undrafted free agent players that you believe will make the team? And I'll show you a list. Yeah, so I got – oh, okay, I got the same list here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like um, – I like Ronald. You don't have Ollie on this on this list. Um, oh, that's right. He was on um, uh, training camp bring in that they signed. Yeah, I like it because I'm a big fan of Last Chance You. I love that show, and he was the star of season one of that show. And, yeah, Ronald um, Ollie's cool. Yeah, he's great, man. And so I'm rooting for him uh, just because of that. Just because I'm kind of you know he's like a big kid, man. You know, and the the knock against him was that you know he could never really get his head into into the game and fully invest in it and you know he had a lot of I'm talk about like how Josh Jacobs had a tough story and so did Ali man you know, I mean he he really had a lot of challenges growing up and I won't revisit them because it's pretty tragic man some of the stuff that he had to go through as a kid so it's fully understandable why he was you know not all the way there and invested mentally into the sport but all signs pointed that he has at this point now that he is all in. And and if you going all the way back to that show, and I forget what the little school was, Nichols State, I want to say, is where he ended up going after that show. Um, all those coaches would say he's got all of the physical gifts to be great. It's just, it was just the mental aspect of it, and that's so – Ronald, Ronald Arley, you believe he'll make – O-L-L-I-E. Yeah, well, let me put it like this. I, he's the one I'm rooting for. I don't know if it's going <laughs> to happen or not. But he's definitely one of the root for. If you want for another name uh, to go along with him, I'm going to go with Keelan Doss. Uh, I think that it, he's a heck of a talent. Uh, he's very unpolished uh, in terms of, of of a lot of his abilities, but uh, physically he's got the capabilities. And you know, Derek Carr loved it. So if the quarterback is all about it, then all right, I'm in there with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see three players making the team actually, and then I'm um, no disrespect to Ronald Dolly, but. He might have been brought on as well because he has experience with cameras and he's good for television. Maybe Hard Knocks Raiders? I don't know. Last Chance You, Hard Knocks Raiders? How is, interesting. How's that for some synergy, series to series? Absolutely. You want to talk about the, that's a better crossover than freaking Laverne and Shirley on Happy Days, man. That's right. I remember that. Or the Jeffersons on All in the Family. Shamil, Shamazo, Hoss and Pepper Incorporated. That was all Laverne and Shirley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, then, sorry, you couldn't watch... see my hand. Here we go. We're, we're going off topic, but did you watch that live show with the actors redoing um, the Jeffersons and All in the Family about a month ago? I did not see it. I saw some of the clips, uh, and I heard it was it was pretty good. And from what Fantastic. I saw in the clips, I heard it was pretty good. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love it when they bring back those old kind of shows like that, man. That's cool. It was so fun to watch, you know, the younger actors – like trying to do the characters, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a fun watch. Right on, dude. that's cool. That's cool. And the and the Raiders play songs that made the hit parade. Songs that made the Raiders parade. Those were the days. Remember when people were then? I don't. Oh, I had one, Mikey. You went over me, man. I had a great line. Do it. Let's go. We'll start it again. Those were the days. And your coach was John Gruden. And Antonio Brown came in and moved it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. We could use a man like Alan Davis again. Mark Davis went to Vegas this day. <laughs> 
The autumn wind was a hit parade. Howie Long sacked the quarterback in those days. <laughs> oh, we're having too much oh fun. Oh, my All God. Right, and, you know, I'm willing to bet that nobody in the chat, oh, there might be like three old guys in there that get that joke, and no, nobody else in the chat. Go Google it. Go watch old YouTube videos of All in the Family. All You'll the love family, it. You'll yeah. absolutely love it. I believe Lester Cotton might make oh the team. Um, the offensive guard out of Alabama. It's a big school. He's got a big name. His stats were pretty good. He started for championship teams like three years of running. He's got a little bit of experience. Tevin Coney, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. I mean, that guy, they cannot believe he wasn't drafted. And then um, I'm going to say Keelan Doss, punt, punt with teams, special teams, might beat out J.J. Nelson or Ryan Grant for that spot. So that's my opinion. Songs that made a hit parade. All right, whatever. Give me your final free agency thoughts after, I guess, free agency is pretty much over. Oh. What are your final thoughts? Did oh. you like it? You oh, yeah. Well, we knocked that out of the park, man. Look at we've. I've been griping about the Raiders not addressing inside linebacker for, oh, I don't know, seven years. And uh, so we did that and did it well, uh, bringing in players like Perfect and, uh, and, and Brandon Marshall, man, to go along with Tier Whitehead. Like, that's... Trent Brown, Antonio Brown, like I mean, come on, man! I think we did awesome. Uh, 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 Lamarcus Joyner, man, I, dude, we were, we're legit free agency wise. It was great. It was great. They're all still one year players for the most part, so that kind of annoys me long term. But you know what? That's Gruden's plan. I think he doesn't want to build in free agency with very expensive players at this point. Till Vegas, how did Mike Mayock do in his first draft? Grade him. I think Mayock was great. I think he gets in gets an A. Absolutely. I hate the fact that you got these three morons on the screen here, except for Chris Sims. He's not he's not too bad, but gosh, the one in the middle. That that C over Florio stands for clown. He's a just a douche. Yeah, I've been, you know, ever since you spoke, I love pro football talk, just because I love football talk. Uh, but uh, I've really noticed he's definitely against the Raiders lore. Um, now that I you you've spoke on it. And Peter King, not all the time. He's like half and half. Yeah, exactly. Chris, yep. Chris Sims is the former player with Gruden, so he kind of defends it from a good perspective. But and, I enjoy pro football and talk. He does, and Sims provides some unique insights, and I'll give him that. And I, I heard there was a, a podcast he did with Paul Burmeister. I don't know if you heard that. And he talked about Gruden for like, I don't know, like 30 minutes and giving and, and providing like an actual insight. And I got a bunch of the, the, the audio recorded, giving an insight of what's Gruden like as a coach. What's it like in camp? What's it like in practice day in, day out? And that's a unique perspective. And I, and I felt he was being honest and very forthcoming in that. And it wasn't agenda driven. So I do, did appreciate that. But those other two guys, they're driven by a freaking, you know, an agenda against the Raiders, but you're right. Peter King about half the time. That's, I agree with you there. Yeah, so I give Mike Mayock an A. I think he really took charge of this draft. Uh, but, I mean, some might question, you know, the Alabama Clemson players. Uh, what do you think of the Clemson Raiders? <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, we'll, t- we'll be Clemson West. Why not? Hey, look, again, these are the guys when you flip on your TV on Saturdays and you see, you know, teams winning championships, these were the guys. So, yeah, okay, we'll take them. And these but- were the guys. These were the guys. You know, it's funny, though. Is that uh, I loved Josh Jacobs, who of course got beat by uh, Clemson in the national championship game. Did you see his tweet that he put out with this picture? And he said it was like, "Ugh, I'll get all that ugly ass orange." Orange. That's what I was going to say. That's why I 
hate this picture. It's because of the damn Bronco orange that I'm looking at. Well, but it, it pisses me the f off. Yeah, but for him though, it was because all these guys beat him in the national championship game. But no, I thought that, that is- was great. That was pretty funny. These were called the Oakland Raiders back in the days. Now they're the Clemson Raiders these days. <laughs> then they'll be the Vegas Raiders in the future days. Those were the Raiders. Uh, Mike Mayock stumped the truck. Do you think he made the the Bell pick just to stump the truck? And is that a disgrace to Quentin Bell? Or did he make the pick because of the Nick Bell legacy of the former Raider as well? What is your thought this on Mike Mayock stumping the truck? 100% made this pick to stump the truck. I, I love it. I love the gamesmanship of it. You know, look, you're a seventh-round pick. Your odds of making the team are low to be. I don't think a guy like Quentin Bell, who's a converted wide receiver, cares one bit why he was drafted. The fact that he was drafted, and uh, I love the meta game going on here. Um, and Rich Eisen got a huge kick out of it. Um, I got to meet. I don't know if I told you this. I got to meet Rich Eisen's sidekicks, Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo, and they actually cut an ID for our show. Um, they were super, super cool. But anyways, but you know, Rich Eisen and Mike Mayock are long buddies. And um, so, no, I loved it, man. And Quentin Bell, did you also see there was a video uh, that he did with his family of all of them going, Raiders! It was amazing. Oh, it was a, so, um, no, I think that it was great. Yes, there was gamesmanship, but I don't think it was insulting. Uh, not one single bit uh, on, any, on any level. And I thought it was, I thought it was fun, man. It was cool. Yeah, I, I watched the draft on ESPN. I will not tune into NFL Network for any NFL draft. I just have the old days of Chris Berman in my head on ESPN. So that's why I watch ESPN on draft day. But they had the Quentin Bell uh, highlights. They had it. And I, was, I didn't notice this till after I read the reports. But they had the Quentin Bell highlights. So kudos to them. And there's the Nick Bell Quentin Bell comparison. Look, even the picture of Quentin Bell, they had a hard time finding a good picture. It's like, it's just, it seems kind of funny, kind of funny. All right. Uh, so I think that's it for the draft questions. We got our draft review done, dude. Woohoo! Now we're in the fun segment. Reminder, Raider Nation, call the ranch hotline, leave some questions to be on future shows under a minute long. Ask some questions to Murph me and we will hopefully get you on a show in the future i love that picture it says train hard in silence and let success be your noise they got a that's picture good. of Derek Carr, marcus allen and charles woodson that's that good. is a great quote yeah that's good all right murph talk a little bit about what's going on with you and the fred belitnikoff foundation Wow. on your channel and here below. Well, I appreciate you asking. So uh, if you go to RaidersFanRadio.com slash T-shirts, no hyphen, just T-S-H-I-R-T-S, you can buy one of these shirts. This is the Get Made uh, RFR shirt. So if you call our show three times and get your message played, we refer to you as a made man or a made woman. So that's why the shirts say Get Made, and then it has our Raiders Fan Radio logo on it. Um 100% of the sales of these t-shirts, we are giving the money to the Fred Bolitnikoff Foundation. Uh, I've been in uh, 
talks with uh, Angela Bolitnikoff, his wife, uh, numerous times. And um, so not only are they going to uh, gladly accept uh, our donation, but they've asked us to present the donation in person at their annual Crab Fest, which is going to happen the uh, the week before the Lions game this year. So I think Uncle Mosh and I, well, I don't think, I know, we're going to go out there to Oakland to go to the Lions game. And then we're going to present this check at the at the, the their annual crab fest dinner and uh, and present. So our goal is to raise two thousand uh, dollars. We're a little over four hundred bucks in now. So um, again, please help us help them support them. They're cool shirts. They're twenty bucks plus shipping. I just sent out a bunch of orders today. They're going out all over the country, and it's, so it's and they're legit shirts, man. They're not you know they I've had them. They've had them. Uncle Mark's. Uncle Mark, Uncle Mosh, Uncle Mosh has got a guy. All right. It's what Sicilians do. They got a guy. So he's got a t-shirt guy. All right. So this t-shirt guy made us up all over. So I got them on the right here in my, in my, in my fan cave. Uh, they're here. So they're, and they're legit screen printed shirts. They're good quality shirts, 20 bucks, all of the money. 100% of it is going out uh, to the to the Bolitnikoff Foundation. So help us um, support them. If you don't know what the Bolitnikoff Foundation is, um, I'll let you kind of go out and research that. But just to give you a quick rundown, um, their daughter, Tracy Bolitnikoff, was sadly taken early in life um, in relation to domestic abuse. And so this foundation is out there to provide safe space uh, for, for girls and for women who are, who are looking to get away from um, you know, domestic violence situations, uh, substance abuse issues, basically a way to give them not only safe spaces, but then help them get their lives back on track. And there's a lot of different programs and things within the Bolitnikoff Foundation that help these young women. Uh, and help these young people kind of kind of get their lives back in order. And so it's a wonderful foundation. Um, we are incredibly blessed and thankful that they would let us be part of, of, of it at all. And uh, Angela's been been amazing. And, and dude, when they asked us to be there to present, I'm like, because I was just going to give them a donation. We were just going to save up money on behalf of the Raiders fan radio listeners and just give it to them. And then she asked us if we wanted to do it in person. And I was like, oh my gosh, man, like the opportunity to go out there and you know what I mean? And rub elbows with the Raider greats with everybody that goes to this dinner. I mean, like, heck yeah, man. So, so me and uncle Mosh are going to go out there and do it. And so, so please help us help them order up a shirt. We got them in big boy sizes. We got them all the way up to four X. So you have I, them in Mikey Raider sizes. I just sent yours out today, my friend. So we got them out there. So definitely, uh, please help us and, and, and support them. That's, that's all we ask, man. And, 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 and it's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with making money off of this stuff. Nothing wrong with those that are out there making money off their YouTube shows and their merchandise and all that. But what we've chosen to do with ours in this moment, in this point in my life, uh, I just want to give it all away, man. And there's no better charity other than the Blitnikoff Foundation to give it to. So thank you for the platform, Mikey. Thank you to all of those of you that have supported us already by buying them. And thank you to those of you that will do it in the future. Yeah, so um, there's a link below my channel. There will be another link below because I, I found out the new website. Uh, that'll be below after the show. But you could also go to Raiders Fan Radio on his YouTube channel, and I'm sure he has the link in many of the videos as well. So you could find it there. Please support and respect. Much love, and I can't wait till that happens. I also want to give props to uh, Jeswin Johnny, who won the Jalen Richard Design Contest for his youth football skills camp. And then also I wanted to give props that it's coming up. You guys can take your kids and have a good time at the Jalen Richard Youth Football Skills Camp coming up Saturday, June 22nd, 9 a.m. till 12 p.m. at Peabody Madnick High 
If you are in Alexandria, Louisiana, that's the Jalen Richard Youth Football Camp. All right, pro football talk. I love it. Uh, what is your best NFL in-stadium song that you could think about? And then I'll ask other songs that should be an anthem. But do you have a best NFL in-stadium song? They, Chris Jim said it was the Raiders' autumn wind for him. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, but that's almost too easy. So, yeah, I would say that the autumn wind is the – because it's very specific to the Raiders. It's just the Raiders only. Um, so to go outside of that box, uh, I would say uh, when when you're at the Oakland Coliseum and the, the initial first few gongs of the bell and Hell's Bells hits – Man, there's just woo that I mean, that fires me up, man. That's good stuff. So there's a lot of great anthem songs, you know. But that's I would say those bells, man. That just the place erupts when those hit, man. So yeah, that that'd be my vote. Yeah, I'm gonna say the autumn wind as well. But you brought up the good point, the hell's bells. You know what? That's a good dang song. Uh, so I agree. But autumn wind. Just the legacy of dun 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 dun. I have to go with Chris Sims. Uh. Any songs that should be an anthem, whether it be for the Raiders or any other team, any song that should be an anthem from your perspective? You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm, you know me, I'm a rock and roll guy and, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of this band, but I'm not like, like crazy about them. Like, you know, like Led Zeppelin or some Metallica or some of my other like crazy favorite, but I like Wolf Mother a lot, but they're openers to the, to the, a lot of Wolf Mother songs like could full on be stadium anthems. Like just the, the opening riffs of their guitar, Andrew Stockdale's the chief songwriter and, and performer of that band. And they're just like built for rocking stadium songs. So um, Joker and the thief for those, if you want an example of one, uh, I know we can't play anything here on the show, but if, if for those of you that just, just look Joker and, uh, and the thief, man, if just the opening riff to that song, it's just a dun, 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 dun. It's like, that's just made for like, you know, firing up a, crowded at a game so I, I would say any pretty much most wolf mother songs yeah uh in terms of songs that should be an anthem well i wish the fans that make music for their favorite teams would be able to play one of their popular songs you know like in the stadium and i'm gonna go uh, with a song for dub my friends boys it's called soul raider I just love that song. It's got like a Jamaican type feel to it. And then to play that in Raider or the Coliseum in front of Raider fans in their final year in Oakland, um, I think it would be amazing because who we are, we're Raiders to the soul. And the song goes, I'm a Raider, a soul Raider, soul Raider. I'm a champion committed to excellence. But bump, bump, bump. Then it gets, it's just, it's just great feeling song and it should be a raider anthem um and there's many of can, raider nation artists that should have I, their music all right give, can i, can I oh, give yeah, go for can it. i give you one because that's a great answer and can i give you a follow-up one real quick um dem raider boys do thank you al have you heard that that's one holy crap yeah. man that's a that is legit give me chills just say, that is a great song and that i mean that al, one hits. you gave to us you made or something like that yes oh, great that's game. a great one so as far as the fan generated ones that would be one of my and the ford up guys are awesome too but i'm not saying in place of them but yeah that that one that thank you al that's a fantastic song what about I'm a Raider, 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 Oakland Raider, Raider, Raider. Um, my goodness. Or who do you love? So the Z, Z, uh, Z E E. Who do you love? 
Oh, oh, Oakland Raiders. Oh my that's god, that's a good so one. Fun. That's a good one. Yeah. That's why the NFL should like instead of suing their fans, they should like do something for their fans. Man, let them have songs in the stadium. What's your guilty pleasure song? It could be from any artist that you don't want anybody to know that you love. <laughs> wow, guilty pleasure. Oh man, I don't. You go first, so I can think for a second. Uh, I'm going to go with, you know, I don't like this type of music, this auto tune music. I really don't. I think they don't really have true artistry, but like, uh, I think his name is post Malone. He has a song called white Iverson. And then another song called congratulations that I'm just really digging on. It's like, you say congratulations. It's, it's a guilty pleasure because it's pop culture nonsense. And I kind of like Taylor Swift every once in a while. Oh no. Did I admit Hey man, my mild co-host Sonny, he's a huge Taylor Swift fan and he 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 loves the science behind her songwriting. He thinks that she's like a wizard when it comes to writing songs, man, because she follows this crazy formula and it clearly it works. You know, I guess I'm not trying to cop out. I really don't have a guilty pleasure because anything that I listen to, I'm pretty proud of. Like I'm trying to think of like when I go like off genre, if there's something that like but even when I do that, like I'm not a country music fan but I love Charlie Daniels like it, like so, but I'm not like ashamed of that. Cause it's good music still. So, I mean, like, I don't, maybe some of the, I'll tell you what, maybe some of the cheesy, like hair metal, like, uh, like think about like, I remember you like a skid row song. I remember or, yeah. Or like, you. yeah. Or like every rose has its thorn by poison. Like, but I'm not like totally ashamed of that, but I guess, you know, it's, it's a little cheesy hair metal. I'm a cowboy. So, on a radar horse I ride, <laughs> I'm wanted. wanted. Oh, my God. You're bringing me back. I love it. We're having fun. All right. I looked up Google, and I wrote cringe, the word cringe, and a Mikey Raider. And this is what came up for the word cringe and Mikey Raider. Oh, so apparently no. it matches. But And then I wrote the word cringe and Murph. Plus Murph's fan cave. Okay. And this one oh, came that's up. that's not so bad. <laughs> but you with a bow tie. Yeah. That you was, looking like Santa. You looking like a bow tie. That was from our, which actually is going to be the next episode of Raiders Fan Radio on the 19th. We do our annual Fanny Awards where we have a tongue-in-cheek award show. And um, so, yeah, that's me dressed up for the Fanny Awards last year. The Fanny Awards. My, my Fanny should get an award because it goes through <laughs> a lot of... You know, there's a lot of like pressure and stuff. It goes through a lot. All right. I'm just saying, all right, check out this toy from Gorilla Rilla as you posted on Instagram. It's a custom pop vinyl, whatever they call it, pop customs. Yeah. I want a toy like I love this. Would you buy one? I know the guy that made that. Dude, oh, I thought it was the company, the actual pop company. No, that's Monster Mash Can made that. Are you kidding me? I thought it was the company. No, I'm. I thought I'm, you pay hundreds of dollars and they make it for you. He makes custom action figures. He's the one that made Little Murph. I got the green screen behind me, so I can't grab my figure. But I remember we this. met. We met Ken because he reached out to us and he made a Little Murph. So I have a little like you know three and three quarter action figure that's that's Little Murph. And so he's done um, all kinds of cut. He does amazing custom work, not just Raider stuff. It's his his thing is you know all kinds of different pop culture things or whatever. But yes, he made that. I'm ninety nine. 0.9% sure that's the one that he made for Gorilla Rilla. So, yeah. Kudos oh, to Ken. I want one. All right, Mash. You see me with my Raider shield? 
I want a Mikey Raider with that big shield somehow. I want one of those toys. Just throwing that out there. All right. We're going to have a game. <laughs> we're going to have a game. The Raiders need a new defensive end to shack the quarterback, right? Okay. So, so we want you as the fans to come up with a name for Murph as the shack master on the Raiders for this year. So if Murph was a shack master for the Raiders, what would his nickname be? I threw out the word Murph Nashday. <laughs> and um, I want you guys to come up with a Murph nickname to be a shack master for the Raiders uh. below. What would your dance be if your name was Murph Nashty or whatever? What type of sack dance would you have, Murph? Oh, I'd have to go with one of the, you know, one of the white boy moves like the, you know, the, uh, the sprinkler thing, you know, or like pulling the chainsaw or pushing the shopping cart. You know what I mean? I'd have to go with like one of those, the, the plunger, you know, I'd have to go with one of those moves. Probably. I'd, I'd say, uh, probably, probably the, uh, um, probably the, the, the chainsaw. I think that's probably the, you know, and I'll get that, o- cool. get that overbite going. The Murph neck chainsaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got a big neck, just saying. You got I do. Neck. Me and Mike Glennon are fighting for longest neck in uh, in the league now that I'm uh, wearing number 99 and part of the Raiders. Yeah, and you stood out in the sun a little bit too long on, 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 on that day. <laughs> just saying, you know, you got a nice tan. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, so <laughs> I gave myself the Master Mike. You know, it's, a, it's uh, an ode to funny. the Beastie Boys, kind of. Yeah. And I call myself Sackmaster Mike, and I would wear a hat underneath the helmet somehow, and I would literally do the Sackmaster Mike dance. And the Sackmaster Mike dance is the truffle shuffle. Ooh, oh, God. there it is. Ooh. Oh, hey now. Getting Ooh. all rated up in here. Easy. Man. I would do the Goonie truffle shuffle, Sackmaster Mike truffle shuffle. Hey, can I share a picture with you real quick? Just because yes. I have it sitting here right here. We Uncle Mosh did the truffle shuffle one time on Raiders Fan Radio, and one of our uh, one of our listeners made up a picture of Uncle Mosh on. <laughs> Chun- where's he? Where am I? At? There we go. On where's that? There we go. On Chunk's yeah, body. Yeah, with the beanie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? Wearing his Raider beanie and and doing and the uh, on the uh, on Chunk's body. I love body it. There. Yeah, I did it, the truffle shuffle in a video a couple years back, many years back. But uh, give me give Murph and me a nickname. So give Murph a nickname to be. He could be Murph Nasty, whatever you guys want. We'll read it later. And I called myself Shaq Master Mike. All right, Murph, you got a new show that I truly love uh, called Tales from the Nation. Uh, let everybody know what that's about. And then give a quick tale, a very quick tale. Uh, okay, so Tales from the Nation are stories of significance from Raider Nation, from uh, from the team. Uh, it could be, it's, it's stories of significance, so not t- tales of greatness always. There's, this could be everything from week one, or not week one, but the first show we, we recorded was the Heidi game. Uh, we then did uh, Derek Carr breaking his leg, which has not been released yet. Uh, very significant moment in the team history. Not a great not tale of greatness it was a rough day but we talked about it um but you know so we're gonna do could be super bowl wins could be you know drafting jamarcus russell it could be the holy roller could be sea of hands it could be you know what i mean uh, the immaculate deception there are endless uh, amounts of tales that we could tell so it's myself and our um 
social media director for Murph's Fan Cave. His name is Swag Jeff. And uh, so Swag Jeff and I sit down and we do them quick. They're only about 20 to 30 minutes long. We only stay on one topic and we just cover that one tale and get in and get out and just kind of kind of relive some of those moments. And it's been a lot of fun. The feedback has been phenomenal. So thank you to those of you that are checking us out. It's in the Murph's Fan Cave feed. So any, any of your podcast networks, just search for Murph's Fan Cave. You know how to spell it, M-U-R-F-S, Fan Cave, and, uh, and subscribe, and it'll show up in your feed, man. So uh, we appreciate the, uh, the response so far. And it, it's been fun, man. You know, I love, I will, and I'll be short, I love the history of the team. I love the history of the Raiders. And even for somebody that's very familiar with the history of the Raiders, I'm already learning things like I learned about, like in that Heidi game, the, you know, Preston Riddle Huber. Well, I didn't know who Preston Riddle Huber was. I'm willing to bet you don't. I'm willing to bet nobody in the chat knows who Preston Riddle Huber is. Listen to the first tales from the nation, the Heidi game, and you'll find out exactly who he is. And he's very significant in terms of the Raider history. So, so definitely check it out and appreciate you guys uh, giving us the support. Do you have a quick tell? I thought tells from the nation. I know it meant the game, but I thought it meant from the fans perspective or like stories from the actual nation, you know, not only the Raider team, but I don't know. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, it certainly could be. I mean, it's not in this case, but it certainly could be. And if you're looking for a, a story from us, from a fan perspective, I'll tell you about the time that uh, my former co-host and I, Sonny, when we met Jim Plunkett, uh, we were sitting at the, at the club level of the Oakland Coliseum and uh, we're sitting there with another friend of ours. And, uh, and I look up and here comes Jim Plunkett. And uh, so our buddy's name is Harley. And I go, Harley, I go, take a picture. And so me and Sonny jump up and I go, hey, Jim, I go, can we get a picture? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, you tell he's in a hurry, right? And so he comes over and, and, he, and he gets in between us. And my friend Harley, like, can't get the camera app to work right away on the phone. And so I'm, like, getting all, like, I'm getting, like, like, like come on, dude, like, get the thing. So I got this, like, like look on my face is like this in the picture. And then, and, and so that's bad enough. But then when we got done with the picture, Plunkett goes, all right, guys, let's go. And so my cousin Sonny goes, thank you for your service, sir. And, and Plunkett goes, I wasn't in the military. And then like walked off. Oh. It was really funny. So we got this goofy picture and my, my starstruck cousin could only come up with, thank you for your service, sir. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that's amazing. I love it. Uh, I don't know if I'm technically in the Raider lore or the history of the later, the Raiders, but I did make that uh, Raider announcer, you know, the former Raider announcer, remember when he laughed at me? Oh, yeah, that was great. Brent, Brent Musgrave, Bill Musburger, whatever the hell I said. But um, I literally was a part of Raider history on the day that Al Davis died and passed away. I was at the Raider image the night before, and uh, Rod Martin was shining autographs. And I went up there, and I was talking to him, having a good old time. I was going to watch a movie around, you know, 1030, 1130, like the last movies of the night after the store closed the Raider image and Rod Martin got a phone call during that visit around nine 30, 10 o'clock at night that Al Davis passed earlier in the day. Oh wow! But the news report did not come out till the following morning. Um, officially it didn't come out till the following morning. So I saw Rod Martin jump ship stood up and he just sh yelled to everybody in the Raider image around nine 45 at night. Al Davis has passed away. And then he jumped on the first plane to Oakland to go be there. And I knew a night before, and I actually went online and made a reaction video right after that. And it was up before the news reports that Al Davis wow. died. 
because people woke up around, you know, five or six in the morning and then the reports were coming in. And I had my video up at like two o'clock in the morning that Al Davis just died. Wow. That's a pretty wild pretty, story. Pretty yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So that's hey, well, yeah, hey, hold on. Nation. Let me shift gears back here. Let's see if I can do this. There it is. Can you see it? <laughs> I can. See my goofy look on there, man. Move it yeah. to the your left. There you go. This way. Uh, wait. From your left and down a little. I there you go. There. there you go. We got it. We got, we got the goofy it. look. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love it. So there it is, Raider Nation. Mondays with Mike and Murph was officially back. We had a good time, if you will. We thank you guys for tuning in. And we are going to hopefully go back to an every Monday schedule very, very soon. We're also coming up on our second year anniversary. We started with the training camp specials in like late July last year. So um, we're almost two years in, Murph. And this is the official 27th show very cool what famous raiders wore 27 or what raiders period wore 27 i can't even think of anything uh, off the top of my head uh yeah it's not um, a good raidery um, yeah. number yeah sorry i shouldn't have brought it up <laughs> let them do that let them do that you know you guys find Eddie the george facts. is the only person i can think of that even wore 27 of any significance in any sport eddie george that's right 27 he was 27 yeah uh, so I don't know the official date yet, Murph, of the next show. It might be early July. It might be late June. But we are going to get together. And then I promise you, right before the preseason into the last weeks of training camp, we are going to have a Mondays with Mike and Murph every week, as long as they'll keep us on the air. So it is what it is. Any closing statements to our beautiful Raider Nation that stayed on with us during the entire Golden State Warriors game? Oh, my gosh. I know we're missing the Warrior game. We're getting ready to go watch it right now. Uh, but, yes, thank you to those of you very, very much. Uh, I know I said it a bunch earlier, but I want to reiterate just one last time. Thank you for supporting us and allowing us to support the Boletnikov Foundation. We're going to present this check on behalf of not only the Raiders fan radio listeners, but also all of the Murph's Fan Cave listeners, which includes this show, Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Thank you very, very much. Please go to RaidersFanRadio.com, buy a T-shirt, and, uh, and allow us to support them. Thank you for downloading and supporting the show as always. Thank you, Mikey. I can't wait till we get back at it full time. Uh, number 27 was also Reggie Nelson, so we will forget about him instantly. And, um, <laughs> and But just uh, it's glad, glad to be back, man. Um, I know you've had a – I'm not going to get totally personal, but we, we've both had a, uh, some challenges in our life uh, that go on here in the early part of the summer. And uh, so Mondays with Mikey and Murph will be a nice – uh, break from uh, reality at times, and I hope that maybe that we can offer that uh, to you all as well. Because you know what, if you're listening to us, guess what? You are the hardcorest of the hardcore. If you're hardcore enough of a Raider fan to watch a couple of yahoos like us hop on a YouTube channel and talk about the this sport and this this team that we love so much, then you are you are definitely hardcore. And so if we can provide a little bit of a of a um, uh, you know of a break for you, and uh, when you hop on and listen to us yammer on about the Raiders, then then I then I hope you can that we can do that for you because guess what you're doing it for us you're doing it for us and it's it means a lot uh, to us that you are willing to hang in there as long as you have and to listen to us and and to be part of it and to interact with us and so so thank you to all of you listening thank you to you Mikey I love you you rock and I look forward to doing this full time again and again I just want to thank Jerry J Ascenzo and everybody in the chat room that donated that participated we love you all we thank you we do see it. 
We just can't respond constantly because we're in the midst of talking forever. Uh, and you're right, Murph, change is the necessary evil in life. And a lot of us are dealing with change. And sometimes it's hard to deal with. But hey, we're all Raider Nation. We had to deal with the change last year. And Oakland is going to have to deal with it this year. But we're going to get together as long as we're family. We love each other and we handle it together. All right, let's sing the theme song. And you guys dance with me. And Murph, you know, you, you need to do the thumb dance. You need to do the thumb dance. All right, here we go. Get on out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you. Here we go. This has been Monday or Fridays with Mikey and Murph. We talk Raiders and football dirt. We had a good time. We did all in the family shows. We having good times. Let's go. It's Fridays today on Mondays with Mike and Murph. We'll see you on the next show. We love you. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.